good morning, everybody. And can I just give a bit of a shout out to the band? I know you're probably saying we do this often. Um, but today, I don't know whether you've noticed, but there's three of the key people missing. Um, not the three key people, three of the key people missing, because actually the whole band and on the back, are, are they're all key people. But these guys today have had three of the main key people like away in one go, right? Not even staggered, they're like, oh, we've all fallen away on the same weekend. Um, and uh, didn't they do amazing? Like they all stepped up, like that was incredible. Um, you probably think I'm gonna do a bit of weightlifting, but I'm not, if anybody knows me. Um, if you are new here today, you are welcome. We've been expecting you. We've been preparing all week. In fact, we've been preparing for months and years for you, if we're quite honest. And uh, we just trust that you feel at home. You know, that's the reports we get back from people when they're new, is that people come and they feel at home. And then people keep coming, and they keep coming, and they keep coming back. Hence the reason why we've had to create two services. Don't worry about the doing bits on this microphone. It doesn't matter. We've had to do two services because we got to the point where we couldn't fit anybody else in. So now we do two smaller services so that we can build those numbers bigger, and then we're going to a third service, and then we're going to a fourth service, because this church is not going to stop growing people. Amen. And you know, we don't want it to stop growing. You know why we don't want it to stop growing? Because every single person that walks through that door is a life, and it's somebody who Jesus loves. And so you are really, really welcome today. Last week, you'll notice me and Barry were away. We were over in northern ireland never ever been to ireland before and it was beautiful uh we were away on church business uh we went to visit a church over there called thriving life church and it lives up to its name it is a thriving life church and um it was it's do you know something god puts people on your path and we ended up connected with this church because of a mutual friend who basically did a group chat between barry one of their pastors and himself you'll know matt hooper and then Matt Hooper exited the conversation and Barry and Phil, who don't know each other, ended up in this group chat and you, you thought, oh, we don't even know each other. And then we go over next week and you were like, it was all in God's great plan. And we had a wonderful time. We really did. We were really blessed. And it's the first time I've flown without having any children with me. So that's like 18 and a half years and um, me and Barry flew over there and as we arrived at the airport like I, I knew we only took hand luggage because we're only going for the weekend so you don't need much stuff do you until we got over there and it was Charlotte's birthday and I went to Primark and bought some of Charlotte's birthday presents and as I'm walking out with a massive brown carrier bag I'm going I can't fit it in my case, we only brought hand luggage. Anyway, that's by the by. But we arrive at Manchester Airport, we managed to get Barry across to Manchester to fly out, because we know he loves Liverpool. So we fly out from Manchester Airport, and I'm not used to just taking just hand luggage, because I've got five children. We do way more than hand luggage when we go away, <laughs> okay? Like, we have, like huge cases and like the trolleys we have to have to get them through the airport so I'm just going with hand luggage and I had heard that you're not to take a container that will contain more than 100 mils of stuff be that foundation deodorant I don't know that kind of thing so I'm like okay so I'm checking I'm not taking any container that has more volume than 100 mils and so I've done all that I've told Barry that and we're walking up to security and Barry goes ahead of me, and there's a lady there that says, 
have you got your bags, your, your, your toiletries in a clear bag? Which I hadn't. I thought it was all right. They were all under 100 mils. And Barry hasn't because I was kind of packing for Barry. So Barry takes his clear bag and he goes to the side to sort his baggage out. I walk up to this really official lady and go, I'm probably going to need about three of them. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, you are allowed one. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not really going to work. So, but she was dead official. So I was like, well, I'm not going to argue with her because like the last time I flew, I accidentally winked at the passport man in Spain. So I'm like, head down, Vicky. Right, just don't do anything inappropriate with the airport officials. So I just went, okay. And I just took my other one, and I'm kind of scurrying behind Barry, and I'm like, Barry, I needed like about three of these, they've only given me one. I don't know whether he remembers saying this, but he said this to me, well, you're going to have to throw some stuff away, aren't you? <laughs> so I'm like, really? well, I'm like, well, I'm not throwing that away. And I'm like, but the thing was, I wasn't getting on that flight unless I threw some stuff away, yeah. and unless I lost some baggage. No matter how much I felt that this baggage should come with me and there was nothing wrong with my baggage, I was not going to get on the plane with the baggage. And so my husband's flippant comment, because he'd got enough to fit in his one little bag, and he didn't care about mine, and I'm looking at his thinking, has he got any room to put a bit of mine in his? Like, couldn't I foundation go in? Barry, I'm I'm not giving me foundation up. Not a chance. So, but I wasn't, they weren't going to let me on the plane. They were like, you deal with your baggage... And what I want to say at the outset of today's word is this. God is going to highlight some stuff today. And he's possibly been highlighting it in you and in me for a while. Maybe it's the first time, but God's going to highlight some stuff today and he's going to say, you're going to have to throw some stuff away. And you know the stuff that you might need to throw away? You might not like it. Because I did not like ditching some of my stuff. Like, I had, like, a real trauma over the fact of which lip body shop lip balm do I keep? Even though I don't use lip balm, but you never know when you're going to need it. And I'm like, which one do I keep? Which one do I keep? And, you know, I had to throw them both away. My body shop lip balm. And so what, you might have things today that you feel are completely insignificant. They're not a stumbling block to your work, walk with God. They seem a good thing, but God is saying today, you're going to have to drop some baggage Or you're going to have to readjust some baggage. Because the thing was, I managed to get it all in the bag, right? Well, I didn't. I threw a lot away. And then managed to get the remaining stuff in this bag. And then we went through security where, you you know, you have to, like, put all your electrical items on the thing that went through, which was hilarious because I had packed all my electrical items in Barry's bag. (laughs) So Barry had all his own gadgets to get out. He had all my gadgets to get out. And he's like that, just getting them out like that. And I'm like... (laughs) But, and, and then I get to go through, and then Barry just sails through, right? I get this really strict man coming up to the door, always with me in airports, and he just whispers down my ear, you will have to remove the shoes. So he goes through in his trainers like this. I'm like, why have I got to remove my trainers? When I got through, Barry said the B word in an airport, bomb, right? I'm like, you can't say bomb, insecurity, Barry. And he was like, because have you seen the size of your heels? You could hide a bomb in them, Vicky. And I'm like, <laughs> so all this is going on now. I get through security, take my shoes off, everything. I have to take my belt off, everything. I muscle look like a suspicious character with all my toiletries. I get through the end, and they start, um, the stuff comes down the conveyor belt so that you can pack your bag again and go. Mine gets taken off for swabbing. I'm like, 
is a body shop lip balm, people. Like, it's, not, it's nothing bad. But they take it off and it's swabbed and then she comes back and the, the clear bag has to be sealed and it wasn't sealed and I couldn't get it sealed. And she said, there's a knack to it. You just need to adjust what you've got in it. So today, God might be saying, you've got to throw some stuff away. Or he might be saying, actually, you've not got to throw away what you've got, but the order of it is all wrong. The importance is all wrong. And so what's happening is it's not fitting in the right places because you haven't stacked it properly. You haven't got it in an order of importance in your life. So it's not fitting. And so I want to say today, be open to what God is going to say to you because he speaks. He speaks and he speaks for your benefit. He doesn't speak for his own benefit. He speaks for your benefit and he speaks for my benefit. I've been thinking recently about the age-old saying, and I bet if I asked who'd heard this saying, you'll all put your hands up. Birds of a feather. It's flock together. Who shouted stick? Rachel. Flock, flock, stick. Pauline, flock. All right? (laughs) Birds of a feather flock together. How many times do we see that used in a judgmental way of other people? Oh, well, of course they're friends. Birds of a feather flock together. And it's true, they do. When I walk down Bridge Street, or if you, wherever town you're from today, whatever street you walk down in the middle of the town centre, I never see an eagle with the pigeons. The pigeons flock together. So it is true in nature, it's true. Um, The pigeons flock together. You never see an eagle with the pigeons. But I turned this on its head and started to reevaluate my life. Birds of a feather flock together. So who am I flocking with? Who am I flocking with? Forget whether they're flocking together. Because sometimes our focus is so busy on where everybody else is wrong that we stop reevaluating where we're at. And so I started asking myself this question, you know, who am I flocking with? You know, am I flocking with the moaners? Am I flocking with the encouragers? Am I flocking with those who have foolish talk? Am I flocking with those that have wise speech? Am I flocking with warriors or am I flocking with faith builders? Am I flocking with gossips or am I flocking with truth speakers? Am I flocking with life drainers or am I flocking with life givers? And so I turn this saying on its head because I need to know who I'm flocking with. Because sometimes we're so busy at looking at what everybody else is doing that we miss actually we are in a wrong crowd. We are in a wrong place. We are making wrong decisions. And then when I did this, I realized how far I'd come from maybe 10 years ago. And I realized that actually, okay, you know, through godly wisdom, I've chosen who I'm flocking with way better than I have in the past. But then there's the question. If we were to each ask ourselves that today, who are we flocking with? Then the follow-up question is, why am I in the flock? Because at any point, we can leave the flock. When God highlights something and goes, that baggage, you've got to drop it. Or actually, the structure of the way you're doing things in life, it's out of balance and it's coming because of this, these people that you're spending time with or this that you're giving your time to. You know, where do we spend most of our time? What are we flocking with? What are we flocking with in the media? What are we flocking with in relationships? What are we flocking with in business? Is it that we are flocking with things that are life-draining rather than life-giving? And, you know, pigeons and eagles don't flock together. 
Pigeons are those pesky little things that when you are walking through the town centre, they have the knack of heading in your direction and nearly taking your head off. Pigeons are actually low-flying little busybodies because they flock around on the floor and they're looking for the leftover scraps that they can feed on. They're looking just for anything, like anything out of a bin that's fallen off the bin and onto the floor. And they're, they're the low-flying busybodies of the bird world. I'm not going to go into great detail about the bird world, seeing as I spoke on gardening the other week and my husband got up at the end and went, I apologise for my wife's analogy because it was really bad, but it got the point across. I'm not going to talk on birds today. But what I am going to say is that the pigeons are the low-flying end, busybody end, of the bird world. You'll never see an eagle in the street outside trying to pick up dirty sausage rolls that have fallen out the bin. No, because an eagle is high flying. An eagle has key vision. An eagle's sight is on point. He sees, the eagle sees what he, where he needs to go and what he needs to do. And he places himself up high so he can see not on the floor, pecking away with the leftover crumbs. An eagle and a pigeon, they never socialise together. They don't eat together. In fact, they eat completely different things. They don't fly together and they don't live together. A pigeon and an eagle do not go hand in hand. And you know, when we've got things in our world that we need to be shifting, that we need to be changing, that we need to be looking at, okay, what are we flocking with? When we don't make the adjustments that we need to make, it becomes a weight around us. And when we carry a weight, we are never going to reach the potential that we should be reaching. The God-given potential, the God-given plan for our lives. Because we're flocking in the wrong place. We're flocking in the wrong place. And so this kettlebell, I believe it's called, is that right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do this without falling over. Okay, if I've got this around my leg, I can only go so far and it's going to stop me. Okay, I can go forward. I can go backward. And here's the other thing I can do. I can go around in circles. And I can end up exactly where I first started. What I can't do is take strides forward to where I'm supposed to be. I may be able to move and drag it with me, but I am... This goes through in advance. Apologies. But it hinders me. It slows me down. Whereas I could have taken a stride to there, I can't. I can't do it because there is something tying me down and there is something waiting me. So if I can't move forward, what I end up doing is I end up going round and round and round in circles and I'm back where I first began. And if you're finding that today, all I want to say to you is, listen to God. Listen to God for your life. There are many words that will come out of people's mouths. I have got some people in my life and they have got good intentions for me. I know they love me. I know they have good intentions for me. But their plan for me comes through their eyes. Whereas God's plan for me comes through the eyes of the all-knowing God. The all-knowing God, the one who created you, the one who mapped your life out. And so don't be 
feeling condemned and down today, if you feel like this is your life at the moment, that you feel like, my gosh, I'm just going round in circles and I'm back at the beginning. Every time I just do a circle, I just do a lap and here I am again. Or I'm trying to take strides forward, but actually I can't. I feel like I kind of take a couple and then I'm weary and I'm exhausted because this weight, it's pulling on me and I don't know why. I want to say to you today, there is an answer here. And I'm going to share with you an answer. An answer that God wants to bring you in on today. And it's something that's so simple. I'll often say this, do you know something? God does not overcomplicate us finding him because he wants to be in a relationship with us. He wants to see you blessed. He wants to see me doing well. So he doesn't overcomplicate it, but we need to position ourselves to be able to see what it is. The time it becomes complicated is when we overcomplicate it because we're kind of walking around like this because we don't actually really want to know the answer because it might cost but the answer is here today. So I want to look at this a little bit differently. And uh, I nearly called this sermon, let me tell you, how's your butt? And then I thought, if that goes up on the thing, how's your butt? Everybody would be like, how inappropriate in church. So I didn't. I've called it something else. I've called it this. Who are you running with? Who are you running with? I was chatting with Eli, um, who is, if anyone knows, Eli is an athlete and he is trains some incredible athletes is like for his age I know he's top of his field and I, I asked him about a running partner because when we were over in Ireland last week on the Saturday evening we were invited with the pastors to go and have food with them and their friends and they were saying that they do this every other week and I was like this is so lovely you could see the relationship that these people had around the table and how they built one another up and they laughed together and they were stood, sort of put so many miles on the clock together. And I was like, this is lovely what you do. And they said, oh, it came from a word that we heard preached. Who's your running partner? I was like, yeah, wow. Who's your running partner? So I says to Eli, because I can kind of roughly work out the purpose of a running partner. But I says to Eli, okay, Eli, what's the point of a running partner? Okay, well, like, it's obviously not just to walk along and chat together, is it? What's the point of a running partner? And he summed it up this way. The point of a running partner is for support, encouragement, development, because it's okay having people supporting you and going, oh, there, 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 there. But actually, we need people in our world who are going to develop us as well. Yeah. Uh, motivate us, share the joy when we're happy yeah. with our performance and pick each other up if we need to. And then he said, I would sum up my running partner is with me every step of the way to assist me in achieving my goal. Who are you running with today? That's not a flippant question I'm putting out there. This is something I've done. And just for a moment, because I can't give you too long to think about it, because the clock's ticking. You can think about it in greater detail at home. But just for a moment, who are you running with? Whatever age you're at, who are you running with? Yeah. Who's the one that's speaking into your life or the few that's speaking into your life? Who is it? Have you aligned yourself with people who will speak godly wisdom into your life and develop you even if it's hard to hear? Yeah. Have you aligned yourself with people who have faith to believe what God has spoken over your life will come to pass? Yeah. Have you got the faith to believe 
that if you readjust the people you are running with and have to lay some aside, that God will bring you the running partner that you need. I have Barry, right? He's in, like, he's an amazing running partner. I don't know whether he said the same about me if it actually was physical. But, like, we are, yeah, and you could go, yeah, because we're married. But I want to say this, outside of Barry and me, we have other people in our world that speak into us. So I had somebody I picked the phone up to the other day and spoke to them. I know Barry has the same. I sent a text to somebody the other day. We have other people in our world that we run the race with. And they are people that will challenge us. They are people that will love us. They are people that will motivate us. As we were coming into land over, did I tell you that in those high winds last week, we ended up on a propeller plane <laughs> going to Ireland, didn't we? But I was like, it's a propeller plane. I'm like, we'll be okay. We'll, we'll be okay. But the landing coming down was really rough. And Barry's not scared of flying. It's just not his favorite thing to do. And so Barry has the window seat, because I never have a window seat, because call me selfish, but if that plane's going down, I am first out in the aisle to get out the door, right? Let us just be completely honest. So, so Barry's always in the window, so, and he likes a window, he likes to look out. But as we were coming down, it was really rough landing, right? I'm like, Lord, keep the propellers going. But I love flying, so it doesn't bother me. I don't get freaked out by it. But I could see that somebody who doesn't particularly like, like flying, I get dead excited about it. I could see that this could possibly like be a little bit, not worrying, but a little bit like, oh, it's not, you're not in your comfort zone, are you? And as we were coming down, it was so rough and the plane was tilting. All you could see out of Barry's window was the sea. And it was grey and it was horrible. It was a miserable day and all you could see was the sea. And when I looked and I thought, if that's all I could see, I'd be thinking to myself, if we go down in there, we're done. Yeah. That's it. And I just put my hand on his, not because I needed to, but because I, I just did. I just felt to put my hand on his. And as I looked the, out the other window, I saw the land. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, there's land outside that window. And God spoke to me when he's been speaking about who are you running with? Who have you got in your world that when all you can see is the grey ocean? When all you can see is just dismal stuff, they will say to you, there's land over there. Yeah. And we're just turning the plane round because we're heading for land. Yeah. And who have you got in your world that will say, it's okay that it looks grey at the moment because we're heading for land and the land is luscious and green. It was amazing. Over there, there was a sun, like a sunbeam over the green land. And over here, there was a grey cloud over the sea and the contrasts. But I was like, who have I got in my world? And I thank God that through learning much over recent years that we have chosen who we run with well. We've learned from mistakes, people. <laughs> and, and that would say, Vicky, we're just turning the corner. Out of that window, there's land. Yeah. And the land is green. And it says that keeping company with wrong people, it corrupts good character. And it does. It does, it's so important that we're running with good people. It says this in 2 Corinthians, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Some translation says unequally yoked. Unbelievers in what way? I would say people who don't have the faith that you need for your journey. They may love Jesus and they're Christians, but if you tie yourself with them, it's unequal. You need people who have high faith, 
who can believe and speak into you and say, it's fine, all you can see is the grey water. It's fine because I'm telling you now, God's got a plan for your life. And though that water looks deep, and though that water looks grey, and though the sky looks horrendous, the thing is God has a plan for your life and we are just turning the corner. And we're going to turn the corner together. Because when that plane turned, me and Barry, we turned together. We turned together. And so it's really important. One of the verses says this. Do not, mismate, do not make mismated alliances with them, people who haven't got the, the level of faith that you have at this time, or come under a different yoke with them, inconsistent with your faith. We need to consistently have people in our life who have the faith for our journey. Because sometimes we do have the faith for our journey, but it gets, it takes a hit. And that's when those that have got the faith for your journey start to speak into your life. Who are you running with today? I'm going to jump ahead because of time, but I just want to have a look at Numbers chapter 13. And this is where, if I could have called my preachers, I would have said, how is your butt? So I'm going to say it again because I really would have liked to have called it that. But I'm going to just take certain verses and I hope halfway through this you will get what the but is all about. Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Okay, God is saying here, right at the outset, I'm giving you the land. So really, if God's given you something, you'd be like, yeah, no need to fear. So, picking up in verse 17, it says, Moses gave the men these instructions. These are the men that he's sending out to explore the land of Canaan. As he sent them out to explore the land, he said this, Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your, do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land. Firstly, Moses didn't go himself. He was running with people. Moses was running with people. He had running partners that he sent into the land to bring back the report for him. So off they go, and they're meant to bring back this report. Okay, They're meant to bring back a fair assessment. And so when they come back in verse 23, it says, when they came to the valley of Eskol, they cut down a branch, but they're still in Canaan here, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranate and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eskol, which means cluster, because of the cluster of grapes the Israelite men cut there. So they've gone to this place and they have seen the green, green grass. They have seen the sunbeam over the land. They have seen the abundance in this place that God is giving them. 
And then after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But. How's your but, people? How's my but? But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And they go on and they go on and they go on, saying how bad this place is. Because they talked about the goodness of the land... But they got their butt completely the wrong way around. Completely the wrong way around. Picking it up in verse 30, it says, But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And Caleb said this, this is one of the spies that went in, Let's go at once to take the land. He said, We can certainly conquer it. The other ten spies are there saying to Moses, Yeah, the fruit's great. It's really great, it's bountiful, land flowing with milk and honey, but, oh my days, there is all this. There is all this. So they were happy to say about the good bit, but they were like, we need to stay put. We need to stay put. We cannot go because there are giants in the land and because they're going to eat us alive. But Caleb says, we can certainly conquer We can certainly conquer. What a guy to be your running partner. (laughs) He's the one you want. He's the one. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. Have you heard that? They spread this bad report. They intentionally spread the bad report about the land among the Israelites. This is why it is important who we are running with. Because some people, they'll tell you the good and then they'll bring you down as fast as they can. And they will spread fear into you. They will spread doubt into you. Just like these people did, they spread fear and they spread doubt. It said, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anna. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Suddenly, the land flowing with milk and honey has been well and truly forgotten about because they had the but the wrong way around. Chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. You don't want these as your running partners. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Just moving down, it says, Then Moses and Aaron fell down on their face on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we travelled through and explored is a wonderful land. 
And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. Because they have the but the right way round. Because they're saying, okay, yeah, we can see that there's this, but it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It says the people, they've got no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. We need to run with people who will speak that like they spoke it to Moses and the people. We need to have people that we are running with. And sometimes it's not the people that we think would be the ones. And it isn't that they don't love us. And it isn't that they don't care. But they haven't got the level of faith that is needed for the season that you're in. They haven't got the words to speak to say, okay, yeah, I can see it looking pretty great for you at the moment. But look at the land. Look at the land that's just around the corner. Because you see, somebody is going to sit there and go, oh my gosh, it does look really grey. And there's no sign of sun. And if you go down in that, you're never going to get out. That person may love me because they want to meet me where I'm at and put their arm around me. But what I need is someone to say, but the land. I need someone to grab my hand and go, but the land. Look at the land. Who are you running with? today Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 to 12 says two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed if one person falls the other can reach out and help but someone who falls alone is in real trouble likewise two people lying close together can keep each other warm but how can we be warm alone A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Who are you running with? Do you have people in your world that will speak honestly to you? And even though it might hurt them saying, you've got to drop the baggage. You're going to have to throw some stuff away. Or people that say, hey, listen, it's fine what you're taking through with you, but it needs to be readjusted. It needs to be reordered. Do you have people that you're running with that will do that? Because when they're doing that to you, they're developing you. They're developing you. And they're shaping you and they're molding you. Do you have people who will give you wise words? The people you're running with are the godly people who you know are bringing you on the right path. Are they people who will love you enough to say some difficult conversations? Are they people who aren't going to be jealous when you're doing well? Because some people will be with you until you start doing well and then they're like, oh, Mm, I was all right when they were down there. Who are you running with? Who are you running with? Psalm 13 verse 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, the godly give good advice to their friends. Proverbs 27, verse 7, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Amos chapter 3, verse 3, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? If I am running with somebody whose direction is completely different to where I am heading, can we walk together? 
If I'm running with somebody who appears to have my best interest at heart, but actually when it costs them, their direction is somewhere completely different because they're heading for their own direction. Can we agree? Can we walk together without agreeing? Making wise choices of who we run with will determine how far we can reach. You see, my reach with this attached to me was very limited. So all it enabled me to do was to go around in circles or to injure myself. But running with the right godly people in our lives, we will reach all that God has called us to reach. We will see things happen in our lives and in our world that far exceed what we could have ever asked or imagined. We were never created to be alone. So there is a vacuum when we become lonely, we want to fill it. I just want to say today, make sure you run with the right people though. Make sure you run with the right people. Here's what you can do from today's word. Find someone to run with. Find someone to run with. Look for somebody who you would say is further on than you. Look for somebody whose life, even though they may have made mistakes, because you're not going to find anyone perfect, is proof that they're chasing God. Find people who you can go, they have got big faith and I need them in my life because I'm going to need them to speak into it. Be intentional who you are running with. You can be an eagle or do you want to be a pigeon? Because an eagle, if it starts to peck around with the pigeons, the mentality of the eagle will change if it spends too long with the pigeon. To look at it will always be an eagle, but the mentality will change. Make sure you've got some eagles in your world. The choice is completely ours. Look at who you're flocking with. And if it's not what you want from life and you know it's not God's best where you find yourself at the moment, find a new flock. Enlist some new running partners who are going to speak into your life. And there's one thing I've realized that by being intentional about who we run with, when anything hits our life, mine and Barry's, we realize now it doesn't have the impact it used to have anymore. Because many years ago, we became intentional about who we would allow to run with us. We became intentional about who we would allow to speak into our lives. And that meant cutting some stuff off. It also meant readjusting some, some relationships and friendships. But we know now that when things hit, they don't take us out like they used to. They don't have the impact that they used to because we chose intentionally who we were running with and those people have helped to shape us into who we are today. God has got the right people for your world. Just align yourself with them. If you've got to go and ask them, will you run with me? Ask them. Do whatever it takes. Be intentional. Amen. 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 Let's stand. We're going to carry on with our...